<laughs> Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is December 1st, 2020. Come on in, cousins, and gather yourselves. Welcome. God bless you, and I love you. If you are new to the Unicorn Club Cousin Podcast, welcome. God bless you, and I love you. I always say that if you come across this podcast, that was divine. It was meant to be. And I say that because I do not network this podcast at all whatsoever. No one even knows that I have this podcast. So if I say anything in whatever podcast you're listening to, that is a is an answer to the question that has been on your heart for quite some time. We at the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast are leaders. We blaze trails for other people to follow in our footsteps. And that is part of our divine purpose on this earth. Not everyone is born a leader, but we are at the Unicorn Club. We are leaders. We are agents of change. And we are a beacon of light. We inspire, we encourage, we uplift, and we support. We are what I call the salt of the earth, a modern-day Jesus. Jesus had disciples. He was not a follower. And we are a modern-day Jesus. We have disciples. We are not followers, right? So that's part of the reason why you were born, to be a leader. That's your purpose. Well, that's part of your purpose. Whether you're inventing something, if you're in agriculture, if you're in healthcare, if you're in finance, um, if you're in technology, whatever it is, there's only one of you. You can be duplicated, but you cannot be imitated. You are to teach people how to do what you do. Just as we are created in the likeness and the image of God, people are created in the likeness and the image of you. As you follow God, let them follow you, right? Okay. So, let us get into it. So, my day one cousins, welcome. God bless you and I love you. I know that you have had some spiritual changes and some mental and emotional changes from following along um, from season one, <laughs> which was more about my midlife crisis. And season two is more about the things that I learned in life um, on a daily basis. So let us get into it. Let us get into it. So I had updated you guys on um, my social distancing Thanksgiving Day dinner, right? And... In a previous podcast titled 49% Done, I was telling you guys about my longtime friend and her fiancé. So I've had a couple of days to just kind of replay everything that transpired during the Thanksgiving Day dinner and really meditate on it and put two and two together. And here's the conclusion that I have come to. And at this point, um, my friend is going to be shifted from the friend zone to the acquaintance zone. So one of the things that I decided to do um, 
in the latter part of this year is to be um, more surfacey with people, to keep people at a distance. And my reason for that is because I find them to fall into two categories, a sociopath or a psychopath. And my mental health is more important to me than having relationships with people that fall into one of those two categories. I am in a place where I'm just looking to have peace, prosperity, and happiness. Now, I know life happens and, you know, things come along. It's, it's all to stretch me, um, to bring me to a new level of, you know, maturity, responsibility, um, mental capacity, the way that I speak, so forth and so on, right? I'm aware of it. But what I don't want to tolerate is childish adults who are either a sociopath or a psychopath. So I have actually been cutting people off, telling them what my problem with them is, blocking them, and withdrawing myself. And I knew... Um, like around October, November, that I was going to be pretty lonely for a little while, and it might last longer than what I would want it to last. But I prefer to have a select few normal people to be acquainted with than to have a bunch of childish adults who are either a sociopath or a psychopath. I am aware that there is a light within me and crazy people are drawn to it because they want to feel normal. That's their way of feeling normal because they are aware that they are not normal. And they may mean good, but actually what they cause is harm. So, I personally prefer to just keep people at a distance. All right. So, in my observation, when I replayed everything that happened um, in my home on Thanksgiving, and by the way, I will not have another Thanksgiving dinner at my house. Uh, the first reason is because I have a lot of space and people don't have stability. And when they come to my home, they say, oh, it's nice. It feels like home. It's very comfortable. It feels safe. I feel peace. You got this space. Let me move in. I don't want anyone living with me if it's not my significant other. I'm, and I don't even, in my mind, it's not he's moving in with me. It's more like we're purchasing a house together. But in the meantime, n no one, no family member, no friend can live with me um, unless maybe where they were living at burnt down. But outside of that, my answer is no. Like, 
you can come to my house on Friday, you know, on Monday morning, you need to go down to the Department of Social Services and have them place you in a homeless shelter. That's what I'm on. That's what I'm on. So for that reason, I don't really want guests at my home. I don't want, you know, a friend in my home that does not have stability because again, they're going to see the space and they're going to feel the energy in my home and then they're going to want to move in. And no, my answer is no. So that's that, right? So no more Thanksgiving Day dinners at my house. I will not have any birthday parties at my house. I'm not doing any of that at all whatsoever. We're going to go out. 2021, we're, we're going out. <laughs> For my birthday, like my thing is going to be, let's go to the movies, then to Red Lobster, have a drink, and goodbye. And then come Thanksgiving, I'm going to my aunt's house. I hadn't been to her house in years, many, many, many years for Thanksgiving. So next year, I'm going to her house. So my acquaintance and her fiancé comes to my house for the Thanksgiving dinner. And I really did not want to be around her fiancé. I don't like him. I had not confirmed to them that I don't like him, but they get the gist that I don't like him. And I was always wondering why, anytime I call her, she has her phone on speaker. She doesn't tell me that she has her phone on speaker. He's listening to everything that I'm saying. And for some damn reason, he's always in the house. Like, bro, you don't got no job? He's always in the house. And he's always chiming in and ear hustling. And I was, I was wondering, why, do, why does she do that? And I said to myself, you know, one day it's going to be my turn. I wonder how she would feel if I were to do to her what she did to me. Because, you know, people are hypocrites. They never like for you to mirror their actions. They can do it to you, but cold day in hell before you could do it to them, all hell breaks loose, right? This is the hypocritical things that people do that I don't like. I don't like a hypocrite. So I always wondered why, you know, she did that. And I wondered why, I wondered who he thought he was, that he felt that he was smarter than everyone that she interacts with. Like, that's some arrogant shit to think that you are the smartest. And if you feel that you are the smartest, why don't you be around a bunch of mathematicians instead? Right? So if you think that you're the smartest and you're okay with being in an atmosphere where you are the smartest person, that's telling me you're an arrogant son of a bitch and that feeds your ego. That makes you feel big. Right? But then I looked at what happened at my home in hindsight. So two things happened. She and I were having a dialogue in one room. He was in a completely different room. And he was listening to a conversation that she and I were having. Ear hustling. 
once again. And and I was saying to myself, bruh, you in a whole nother room making you a plate of food. It's other people to listen to and talk to and so forth and so on. Why the fuck are you listening to what's going on in a completely different room? And so she and I were talking and cracking jokes with each other, and he put his two cents in. I completely ignored him. And her whole facial expression shifted, her energy shifted, her body language shifted, and it was kind of like, oh God, it's going to happen. But I ignored him. My goal was to be cordial and coexist because I knew it was the last time that son of a gun was going to be in the room with me. Bless him with my presence. No. He can't get that type of blessing. <laughs> that was the first incident. And then, again, she and I was having a dialogue, again, about... Her family members. Now the conversation was between she and I. And he inserted himself yet again. And it was almost like he had needed to protect her. And I was saying to myself, well, what is he protecting her from? Everybody's eating, drinking, and being merry. She and I are having a one-on-one conversation about her family members. So why... And nobody was talking to you. I don't like when he do that. I don't like when he do that. And I, I, I ignored him again. I ignored him again. And then I decided, let me just change the tone. And let me remove myself. So I changed the tone, and I removed myself, and I started interacting with other people. I was ready for everybody to go home at that point. Um, So people were here for about five hours or so. And then I was like, all right, time for y'all to head out. Everybody out. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. Had enough. So then it, I, I thought about it and said to myself, you know, she she's part of the problem. She is part of the reason why he does and says the type of things that he does and says. And there's a reason why she allows it. There's a reason why. You know, I know her well enough to know that when she talks, she sounds convincing. And if you had not had a personal interaction with the one that she's gossiping about, your perspective and your perception of that person is molded. And you're going to either think this person is a piece of shit from the pits of hell, or you're going to think this is the greatest person On the face of the earth. She's really good at controlling. A person's perspective. With her words. And her tone of voice. It's her tone. 
And I've come to the conclusion that she has sat back and gossiped with him about her family members and her friends. And I'm willing to bet the majority of the things that she said was negative. Which is why he thinks the way that he thinks concerning her family members and her friends. She answers her phone no matter who it is. And she puts it on speaker, not telling the person who it is. And since he's always around, he hears what's being said. So you can't have a private one-on-one -on -one personal conversation with her. Because he's listening. And even when you hang up the phone, she's going to gossip about what was just said. So it's better if I personally just don't say anything to her at all. And he, he's been around for so long and been listening to what I've been saying for so long that it is what it is at this point. I have no interest in in saying I'm not the person you think that I am because he doesn't pay any of my bills. I could care less what a felony person thinks about me or how they feel about me or what they have to say. You have a felony, I don't. You're a hood booger, I am not. You don't have no education, I do. Like, you have nothing to fall back on if you go to retire. I do. Like, my laundry list of things can go on. So I really, you know, in comparison, we're not even on the same level. He's what my acquaintance calls a beneath-me hoe. So I could care less about that. I don't want to prove. I don't have anything to prove to him. I don't care. So part of the reason why he does and says and thinks the things that he do is because of her. She's partly responsible for that. And I've learned from, him from watching her to be mindful of what I tell my man about my family members and my friends. I'd rather him interact with the person and form his own thoughts of the person. I don't want to mold or persuade or anything like that. Um, my man's perspective on who a person is. That, that's not fair. That's manipulation, actually. And manipulation is abuse. It's a form of abuse. So, he ear hustles because she has always allowed it. And then I ask myself, why did she allow him to ear hustle from the very beginning. What was it that she wanted him to see? Why did she continue on with it and we're like 10 years later? 
Why does she continue to do it? You want people to look bad? Is it an intentional thing from her to hide the skeletons in her closet? Is it a distraction from the skeletons in her closet? I know that she controls people's perspective and perception and what they see. We know that. So is it a distraction from the skeletons in her own closet? The other thing that made me wonder was why did he feel he needed to protect her from her family members and her friends? Why? I was sitting there thinking, we're eating, we're drinking, we're being merry, we're laughing, we're smiling, listening to music, so forth and so on. What is there, where, where is the danger? Where's the stranger danger at? What did you feel that you needed to poke your chest out and protect her from? Now, all of a sudden... You feel to protect her in a situation where nothing is happening? So what was what's going on that I don't know about? What problems did she have that she made him aware of? And as a man, he felt he needed to protect the woman that he loves. Now, I understand a man being a man and protecting a woman that he loves. I understand that. But there was nothing happening. So what were you protecting her from? It was almost like he wanted to command that she be respected. But he don't have no respect for his own kids and for his own mother, mothers of his children. So how can you be a fucking hypocrite? Go and take care of your children and the mothers of your children. Go respect them. Go protect them. Go command respect for them. Take care of your own garden before you come over here. But what is going on that I do not know about? Why did he have it on his mind? to protect her it's it's you know this is something different that i've never seen from him and it's interesting how this all of a sudden came up after i told her i found him to be disrespectful and i prefer to just be cordial with him and not be around him at all as long as i can help it now there seems to be a new attitude in my presence. You want to isolate her from me in the form of protection, respect. That's control and control is abuse. You guys 
I, in the bottom, from the bottom of my heart, I think that he just wants her all to himself. I think that if he can take her to planet Pluto and it just be him and her, that's exactly what he will do. My question is, what will he do if he had her all to himself? Because he seemed abusive to me. I think the mere fact that she knows so many people is what keeps him at bay. Even though she has her pros and her cons, if anything should come up at his hands, everybody will come together and take him out. He would not get too far. So, here's what I've decided because, number one, I don't like him. I want to keep my mouth shut. Um, I don't know how long it's going to go on that way. I'm hoping that if we come together again, that the guy that I am dating will be by my side. Because here's what I noticed about people. When people see a woman with a man, there's certain things that people just don't do. They stop dead in their tracks. And I know that once her fiancé sees a man by my side, he will shut the hell up. He's going to stop dead in his damn tracks. Because a man knows what another man is up to and doing. Why they are doing what they are doing. Women may not see it, but another man will. That's number one. Number two, I've gotten to a place in my life where I just want peace, prosperity, and happiness. So for that reason, she and I will no longer be interacting as much as we used to. And eventually we're going to get to a place where we'll probably interact once or twice a year. If that. As long as she is with him, I will never like him. And it doesn't look like God is going to separate the two of them. I would rather God replace him with somebody better. So, I feel also that he wants to push people away. But it's almost like he wait for opportunities to come up so that he can do the pushing. That's how I feel about it. At the same time, I do hold her partly accountable for it because if she wasn't gossiping with him and speaking bad about the people that she knows, he would not be doing half of the things that he do. If she were to nip him in the bud, if she would have nipped him in the bud from the very beginning, he wouldn't be the way that he is now. She allowed it, and she had a reason 
as to why she allowed it. So since she has a reason as to why she allows him to do and say the things that he does and says, I'm going to give her more distance. I will no longer be answering her calls every time she calls. I will no longer be responding to her text messages every time she texts. And I will no longer be interacting with her as much as we used to. She did fall back ever since um, I told her that he's disrespectful. And I let it be just like that. Now I'm going to give more space. So that's my decision. 49% done, part two, is actually at 51% done. All right? Okay, so if you have a situation like this, whether it may be a friend or a family member, um, hopefully you can um, make a good decision for yourself. Don't take other people's feelings into consideration. Make a decision. Make a logical decision that's best for yourself because your sanity and your mental health is more important than someone else's hurt feelings. Your sanity and your mental health is more important than someone else's hurt feelings. All right, cousins, I love you. God bless you and shalom.